0: Presenting Detective Nick Harris in a salute to the law. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, once again we bring you Detective Nicholas B. Harris, chief of the internationally known Los Angeles Detective Agency, bearing his name in a dramatization of one of his true crime stories, proving to the youth of today the folly of committing crime. gentlemen, often I have repeated that the criminal cannot win in the long run, and this evening, as we continue to unfold the true-life account of Pearl Lachey, the young blonde shoplifter, we shall see more clearly than ever the truth of my statement.
1: Now, Mr. Harris. Thank you, Mr. Russell, and good evening, everyone. You will remember last week that Pearl Lachey had an overwhelming desire for things that were pretty, an expensive luxury which, as a young girl, she had been denied. And so Pearl fell into the habit of picking up from department store counters such articles as high-priced silk holes, costly hats, and many similar items. Last week, we traced her early career from a petty theft of an expensive pair of silk stockings to a more serious offense of shortchanging a large department store. And we finally left her in the act of stealing a $500 wedding gown from one of the city's smartest stores. But as Pearl Lachey left the store, with a frantic saleswoman trying to trace the lost gown, Lula Lane, one of my best women operators, followed. Out in the street, Miss Lane approached Pearl Lachey and her shifty, one-armed escort, Charles Devers.
0: Hurry up. I think a woman dick is in the store. I don't know, but... Oh, I
2: ain't afraid of them. I've had dealings with them before. And besides, Charles... can the
0: chatter and come along with me quick.
2: All right. Wait a minute, Pearl. Oh, what do you want, you? I want that $500 wedding gown you've got stuffed inside your clothing. Come with me. Both of you. If you try to get away, you won't make it. There's a plain clothes burn watching us now.
0: Might as well give up, Pearl. They've got us.
2: Okay, Miss Lane. I remember you from before. But someday I'm going to shake you for good. Mm-hmm.
3: This court can prove nothing
1: against you at this time, and so you may go free. Thus, Pearl Lachey, innocent-looking blonde shoplifter, served her first jail term. During this period, downtown Los Angeles department stores breathed a combined sigh of relief. During her incarceration, I instructed my operators to become thoroughly familiar with Pearl's features, and upon her release, Hazel Gordon again took up her vision. Now aided by Isabel Carpenter, another shrewd woman operator. One day, the pair spotted Pearl, sauntering along Broadway, dressed smartly and made up to kill.
2: That's amazing, isn't it? That blonde with a Hollywood swagger and the thick coat of war paint? Yes, she looks like she's working the pictures, doesn't she? You know, that extra girl attitude. Here I am all dialed up, look me over. Well, from that past record of hers, she's up to something, you can be sure. Yes, but what? Come on, Hazel, let's follow her. We've trailed that girl for five hours, Hazel, and we haven't seen a single suspicious action. No, she just keeps going, does a little honest shopping, and stops at nearly every drugstore she passes. At nearly every drugstore she passes. Hmm. Say, Hazel, do you suppose? Do you think she may be up to something with the drugstores now? Oh, I don't know. But it's a hunch worth following up. Yes, I think it is. Come along. We'll go in the next drugstore behind her. Now, wait a minute. You go in behind her. She doesn't know you yet, and she knows she. me. Oh, well, we have had dealings before, you know, Isabel. Now go ahead and keep close to her. I'll keep my distance from you, too. All right, here it goes.
1: Yes, ma'am. What can I do for you?
2: Give me a ten-cent bottle of Paragord, please.
1: Paragord? Certainly, ma'am.
2: Oh, so that's it. She drinks Paragord. The whole bottle. I'll tell her father on and make sure.
0: Yes, lady, what will you have?
2: Paragord. The ten-cent bottle.
0: All right. A bottle of Paragord.
2: Clerk, clerk, give me a ten-cent bottle of Paragord, quick. Please hurry. So, Pearl Lachey is a dope addict. Well, Mr. Jerome, I didn't expect to see you here in this store. Hello,
3: Estelle. What are you doing? Keeping an eye out for shoplifting? Well,
2: Christmas is a good time for them. Besides, I do have a little shopping to do myself. Mr. Yes.
3: What? Oh, Hazel and Isabel. Well, well, what are you two up to?
2: Oh, we've been failing Pearl Shea again, Mr. Pearl Shea? Yes. And Isabel found out why she stops at nearly every drugstore she passes. Well, tell us She about... buys a ten-cent bottle of paragoric, goes to the ladies' room, and drinks the contents of the bottle. Then she's a dope fee. Yes.
3: I see. Well, why are you two here now?
2: Oh, Pearl's in here somewhere. Oh, we've lost her.
3: Well, get back on her trail. I'm just shopping, but Estelle and I'll keep keep our eyes open, too. Now, you two had better cover one of the other floors. We'll stick here on the main floor.
2: All right, Mr. We'll find her again if it takes all day.
3: Good reliable pair, those two, Estelle.
2: Yes, and you can see those two are worn out tracking down their blonde shoplifter. Mr. Martin,
0: Mr. Martin. Yes, Miss Denning, what's the trouble? Those
2: girls are two over there with the meals. I don't know for sure, but I think I saw them take a $20 hat from Miss pedestal. What? Yes, but I don't know where they put it. Why, it's simply vanished. All right, Miss Deming. You come with me.
3: And... Uh, just a minute, Floor Walker. I'm a Harris detective. What's the matter here? A detective? Yes. And this young woman is Miss Graham, department store operative. My name's Jerome.
2: Well, those two girls over there by that mirror near, near the hat counter. They've hidden in an expensive hat somewhere.
0: Mr. Jerome, what shall we do? We haven't any actual proof. Yet Miss Deming saw them. All right.
3: Now, don't you or your clerk do anything. Just leave them to us. Come along, Estelle. We're shopping. You're the wife and I'm the shoppery husband. Come on. We'll go closer. Can't see their faces yet, Estelle.
2: I wish they'd turn around.
3: Well, go ahead and pretend to be looking at these hats here. I'll watch them.
2: Okay. Oh, look. Did you see that, Mr. Jerome? Yes.
3: Pretty slick. She slipped her old hat on that rack and put a new one on her head. Come on, Estelle. They're turning. Ready to leave. We'll get them now. Mr.
0: Jerome, that girl stole another one of our hats just then. I saw her and I'm going to grab her. Just
3: a minute, Mr. Floorwalker. Don't you know there's a law in this state that says an arrest for shoplifting can't be made until the suspect is shown intent to take, steal, and carry away the article in question?
2: Well, isn't that intent to nut?
3: No, yes. not until she takes it out of your store. Now, stay here. My operator and I will get her outside.
2: Mr. Jerome, look! That face! Is that the face of that girl Yes, it's
3: Paul Lachey. Come on, let's get her! All right, you, you grab the other girl's arm. I'll take care of her.
2: Okay. What's the big... And oh, right. you, Paul Lachey, come along
3: with us. We want you and those two hats you just took from the
1: store. Pearl Lachey was once again arrested and convicted on charges of theft. And once more she went to prison. Her younger companion in whose blouse was found the $20 dollars half purse stolen was sentenced to juvenile hall. And so twice, the young blonde shoplifter beat the law. Twice she had gone up for brief terms. Another year passed. And then, with reports of stolen dresses coming into our office from other department stores, I detailed Estelle Green. He was put back on the job. This time, she put to use a brand new idea. And this is how it worked out. She went into that fitting room, Miss Graham.
2: I see, Mr. Jones. And you say you first saw her wearing a sales girl's apron with a sales book in place, carrying a frock that way.
0: Yes, and I don't know that girl. I'm a floor walker here, you know. And I know on site all of our clerks. Well,
2: it's probably that pearl lachey again. Follow me. I've got a little gadget fixed up in all the fitting rooms here, Mr. Jones. Perhaps we shall discover something.
1: Miss Del Graham... And the floor walker tiptoed to a secluded spot behind the fitting room just entered by this new suspect. And standing on a chair, Estelle looked into a small cylinder of an ingenious periscope. She had fitted out for this very purpose.
2: You are right. It's a seal, and it's Pearl Lachey wrapping a frock around her waist. I'll nab her outside.
3: That rent rent receipt we found on Pearl brought us here. But under the doorbell outside, the name listed was Pearl Farley. The same Pearl Lachey, says the landlady, Mr. Jerome. But, Lieutenant, what about all these stolen luxuries here? Gowns, coats, jewelry. I wonder why she didn't sell them to a fence. She didn't need to,
1: Inspector. The landlady told me that Miss Farley, as Pearl Lachey called herself here, did sell these things. She had a swell trade with all the movie extras from Hollywood. Here, Mr. Jerome, is where they got their fancy wardrobes. So that's it, huh? Sold this stuff to the extras, and probably dirt cheap, too. That's right. And thus, Pearl Lachey was put out of circulation for a third time. And after her release, nothing was again heard of her. Until about a year later. Guess this is the place, Lieutenant Parker. Yeah, those Case Brothers who uh, robbed telephone boxes of nickels, dimes, and quarters gave this address for Ed Farley. The guy they said sold uh, them the master key to open telephone. Farley?
3: Farley? Say, that brings something back to my mind. Come on, let's knock.
1: Oh, no answer. Here's a pass key. Fine, let's have it.
3: Well, nobody here. Let's look around, Parker. Sure. Wonder where they said Farley kept us. Those... Wait, wait a minute. What's that? A dame. Pearl O'Shea. Oh, shoot. Lieutenant, ask her. Get her. Little devil, she's trying to get away. Pearl, Pearl, get away from that window. Get
2: away from, get away from me. Take your Inspector, she you threw can't... something out what of the window. it, Pearl?
3: You might as well tell. We'll search below, anyhow. Eh,
2: oh, Oh, on. you know, Mr. Jerome, I don't want to go and stir again for that.
3: For what? Uh, I didn't ask you that. I want to know what uh, you threw out of that window.
2: Oh, uh, oh, hi, pose. Dope again,
3: eh, Pearl? Well, come along with me. Right now, we want to know something about master keys that fit telephone coin boxes. You stay here
1: and search the place, Parker. And this nearly ended the case of Pearl Lachey. Who was exonerated on the telephone coin box card? And she gave us information leading to the arrest of the maker of the master telephone box keys. But several months later, the final chapter of the blonde chocolate lifter was at last written in San Francisco. Telegram came through to me from that city, stating simply, Pearl Lachey, former morphine addict, now cocaine fiend, jumped from window of a San Francisco doctor's office. Died instantly, a suicide. And that's all. And so, as I say to the youth of today again, this case also proves that crime does not pay. Thank you, Mr. Harris. Ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard the concluding
0: chapter of another true life story, brought to you by Detective Nicholas B. Harris, internationally famous Los Angeles criminologist and chief of the detective agency bearing his name. Although this was a true story, fictitious names and places have been used throughout this narrative. The story was dramatized by Howard W. Bull and produced under the direction of Carol and Carol, with Wesley Turtelot at the organ. Mr. Harris wishes me to thank the following cast for their participation in this program. Betty Carmine, Ollie Thomas, Mary Ryan, Lenore Thompson, Marion O'Moore, Earl Hurt, George Conkling, Lawrence Travers, and Eric Loring. Mr. Harris will again be heard over this station next Friday evening at 8.45 in another interesting true-life story entitled The Fatal Ace of Spades. This is Frank Russell speaking. Mm -hmm.